Today's episode of Tales of the Voidfarer is presented in part by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to tell them Tales of the Voidfarer sent you. Last time on Tales of the Voidfarer. Ruler of Orato, Archon Nastasia. She had sent me out to investigate. It appears that below this small town was an entire colony of mind flares. You continue downward to find the mysteries of the Kratorian ruins that Adam Rain once sought out three years ago. Adam was a simple man. The captain was an exceptional fighter. Loved the ship, that much I can tell. He did definitely seem like a man who was focused on what he wanted. And standing on the other side is a figure. Her flesh like flakes away, revealing some necrotic elements. Welcome to my sanctum. It's been so long since I've had visitors. Ah, fuck. All of you guys remembered exactly what you said five minutes ago because that was some great shit. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was three or four Sailor Moon jokes just like in a row. It's pretty about good. <laughs> random minor villains. <laughs> and the really early stuff about um, licks and suedo dragons. Yeah. Very cursed pronunciations of those things. <laughs> Suedo Dragon is not that bad, I feel like. Lick is really bad. <laughs> Lick is very bad. You are throwing Tanner under the bus so hard tonight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listen, it's okay. I, I live under the bus. I will enjoy it. <laughs> I, I know Tanner can take it. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of licks. Mm. Mm? <laughs> See, you told us you told us to do our banter and then you cut us off immediately <laughs> well less than two like, minutes of banter yeah no it doesn't need to be a lot <laughs> Nicholas. it doesn't need to be a lot it felt like it was slowing down <laughs> <laughs> we got the important parts in there and so we can go on do you, you want me to just let you guys riff more? That's the episode. It's just, we're just going to riff. <laughs> this will be like one of those uh, episodes of Mabim Bam where they just kind of like riff for the entire episode like it's the intro and never actually get into the episode. Are we <laughs> going to do one of those? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to be fine for a and d show. Yeah. And yeah, it, everybody's here to find out what happened on the cliffhanger of the last episode where we left off with you guys facing off with apparently a lich. Um, but we can riff about mispronunciations and Sailor Moon and, and everything for an hour and 20 minutes. 
<laughs> that sounds yeah. like exactly my wheelhouse, so I'm in. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. We just didn't get bare naked ladies in there and we already got the other podcast. Yeah, oh, I just I just did about forty minutes of uh garbage <laughs> nothing talk earlier today. So I don't I, I think we could just jump right into game, Nick. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> what a great endorsement for <laughs> it's all been podcast. done, a bare naked ladies <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah i'm i'm done with that one i do have to tell you that earlier today i mean i recorded the whole podcast about 10 minutes into the podcast my baby son ran downstairs and uh my my partner came to grab him but not before he unbeknownst to me stepped on my mixer and turned my volume all the way up oh, so no. Now, oh no i have a basically unusable episode of it's all been done a Brady good ladies podcast <laughs> where i'm oh. peeking the entire time that's the roughest uh, review i've ever heard for a podcast <laughs> Yeah, that'll be fun to edit. <laughs> so, so if I get your track for this episode, it's just just blah, the whole time I know what happened. Basically, yeah. <laughs> he is still awake. He can come down at any moment and fuck this episode all oh, the way. Oh no! <laughs> all right. Was that a sufficient amount of banter for you, Fiona? That was an additional like like two and a half minutes, which I still think is on the low side, but we can start. Okay. So we'll, so we'll save it, the banter for next time. Yeah, we got to spread it out. <laughs> Encourage people to go to the next episode. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're here for. Is the is the like two minutes of banter, not the gameplay. <laughs> well, I mean, if people really want to listen to us just bullshit uh, and talk about nothing, they could keep an eye out for maybe a Patreon thing in the future where that mm. might be bonus content. That they might be able to get. That's, maybe, that's our secret podcast you have to pay for. Jesus. Gotcha. <laughs> Savvy plug, too. For something that doesn't exist. <laughs> for something that doesn't yeah. exist. I, I'm, I'm hinting the existence of it, too. Mm. Okay, foreshadowing. I like it. But something that does exist is our Discord channel. So if you want to continue this conversation with us, you can go to <laughs> bit.ly slash derailed hyphen discord. That's pretty good. <laughs> so lich. Yeah. So lick. Lick. <laughs> so gross. I tried. <laughs> so, you had just defeated these strange defending statue guardians that inhabited this circular room. Marco, you were able to piece together that lining the walls of this room were seemingly deactivated magic portal teleportation devices of some sort. Not dissimilar than the one that first transported you to the Rock of Brawl way back in episode one. And after defeating these statues that would become possessed by a spirit of some sort to defend this chamber, you were able to enter into the room beyond, finding a very old sanctum still intact, more so at least than the chambers you've previously seen deep within this mountain, deep below the Moonhammer mine. And that is when you see a female figure standing near a pedestal that has like a basin in it with like a soft light glowing up from it. Uh, and she's dressed similarly to, um, at least similarly stylistically to like what the statues must have been modeled after. And as you see her, you see like the, the light from this basin that reflects onto her face and you can see her flesh is almost constantly shifting slightly, going from normal looking to kind of withering and decaying and falling away, but then like regenerating itself. So you would imagine in, in her life, she was probably a very pretty woman in her mid 40s. 
and and you get glimpses of that but it's almost like constantly like decaying and then like reconstituting in different patches all across her body and she says it's been so long since i've had visitors what brings you to my domain um nick because I think I was going to make this check and I remember it now decisively. Can I make an Arcana check to not only know what this is or what's going on here? So I would say that you can piece it together. This is Archon Nastasia. Like everything points to that. And if she's still alive and with what you're observing now, she is undoubtedly a lich. <laughs> so uh, can I make another Arcana check? And this one is on the thing that's in front of her. Yeah, go ahead. And just see if I can get anything from that. All right. Uh, oh, I should talk into the microphone. Jeez. Um, <laughs> it would help. <laughs> yeah, that would be an 18. <laughs> an 18? Uh, you're not 100% sure, but you get the impression that this might be what she is looking through to see through the eyes of the skulls that were embedded in the wall that Cyrus had told you someone was watching from inside this, this area. You okay. get the impression that that's the you know, closed circuit television monitor to the security system, basically. Um, realizing what I'm staring at and what I'm looking at right now, I think that Marco would very cautiously say, Hello, my name is Marco Astorio, and I am a Kratorian scholar. Um, who might I have the pleasure of talking to? Well, if you are here... I'd venture, I guess, that you already know. Uh, yes, I figured that formalities would be appropriate. Perhaps. Regardless, I am here just because I was exploring the ruins to see if I could learn more about, uh, Kratoria. Ah, yes. She looks slightly sorrowful. Yes, I would imagine with the time that has passed, you would have many questions. But I'm afraid I may not have very many answers for you. Well, if I, if you are who I think you are, I think that that is uh, underselling yourself and your intelligence. I mean, I'm assuming you are Archon Nosticia. That is correct. And I am the ruler of Orato. Then you undoubtedly have uh, countless knowledge on Kratori and the time before this. I mean, you are probably aware of how much time has passed. I have pieced together how much time has passed, yes. But I'm afraid my information will be wildly out of date, as you will find my ability to bridge the gap of then and now to be lacking. Um, You guys are entering this chamber. It is like a large cross-shaped chambers, like the first chambers you came through. Where, like, you're entering through the bottom of one of the wings, and then there's, like, a central area that is in the middle of four large pillars. And then there is another wing that goes off on the other side of it, and then to the left and to the right. She's standing in the middle. The pedestal that she's been peering into is right in the middle. But she gestures behind her, and she says, Why don't you come in and stop standing in my doorway, and we can have a conversation. Nick, are we all there that now, or just Marco? Yeah, you, okay. you guys are all basically standing in the doorway. Okay, gotcha. And Brohane and Ira are here as well, but uh, Gadman stayed back. I remember that, and he was probably the smart one. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, may I make an insight check on that to see if there's anything inherently nefarious with come on in, come through the door threshold. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Woof, that's a solid eight. Um, I mean, she doesn't seem to be threatening, but you know what a lich is and what they're capable of. She doesn't seem to be threatening you. And she doesn't seem to be threatened by you either. After she gestures, she actually starts moving in that direction herself, turning her back to you. Um, I will go ahead and head in and, and follow instructions, at least for now. Join her. So, what have you been up to all of these years upon years down here? And I mean, it, it just seems odd. Like, I would think that you would want to, especially someone of your power, to get out more. <laughs> I'm saying that from the cloistered scholar over here, but still. <laughs> Yeah, you ask this question as you kind of follow her, and the chamber beyond seems to be a study slash like sitting room. You see that the walls are completely covered in books, mm. and there is a handful of like dusty but otherwise intact cushy furniture here. And she'll take seat in a tall wing backed chair and gesture for the other seats, uh, which there's almost enough for all of you, but Brohane seems content to like hang back. And she says, well, you'll find that my circumstances are unusual, and I find myself at the whims of several limitations of what I am able to accomplish and what I am able to learn of the outside world at this time. Um, Do you guys go in and sit where she gestures? I definitely don't lead the way, but if other people are going yeah. in, I'm following. Oh yeah, Marco's yeah. already on the way. Yeah, yeah Ravnus is definitely following Marco, um, but like Luckbeak, she's not going to be the one to like take the first moves. Yeah, got it. Because she has two hit points. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, okay, so yeah, Marco leads the way into the room and uh, takes a seat. And uh, as you begin asking that next question, you see uh, a sudden like burst of movement to your right, like out from behind the like couch that you've sat on. And suddenly there is a skeletal velociraptor basically in your face. And it kind of goes with its teeth. And you, you startle and Nasticia says, oh, Skylos, please, they're guests. I apologize. You can get excited. I, uh, and the, the skeletal velociraptor, which it's not an actual velociraptor. It's larger. It's like Jurassic Park velociraptor. It's a, <laughs> it's a Deinonychus. <laughs> kind of like looks at her and then looks back at you and then like slinks off behind her chair and kind of comes up next to her and she kind of rests her hand on its skeletal skull skeletal skull redundancy is fun uh, <laughs> good old skeletal skull skull shaped skeletal skull <laughs> the body of a velociraptor skull a small boulder the size of a large boulder <laughs> so um would you happen um just out of curiosity especially now knowing you're here and um assuming what you are do, do you have something to do with the storm up top um the necromantic storm yes that is my handiwork and is the key reason i am still here and she'll actually gesture kind of past you guys into the it would have been the wing of these chambers on your right when you came in and you can kind of see past like one of the large central stone pillars and like the corner into that chamber from where you're sitting and you see that there is 
like it's like a magic circle etched into the ground and there are several stone rings kind of floating in the air with this like purple and orange energy around it like in this like column of kind of swirling it almost seems like it's storm contained in like a column that's floor to ceiling in the middle of this other chamber yes in fact that there is the source of the storm you know i'm i'm just asking you a whole bunch of questions that i'm Certain that you probably weren't ready for on the start of this day, but, um... Rest assured, they're not questions I haven't been asked before. Not, a uh, As Tanner, like, that's not an answer I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as Marco says, then, um, I think there's a big overarching question here. Why? Yes. I had a feeling that would be your next question. No, like, like just a what? Why are you here? Why the storm? Like, what? I'm just confused, and I am a smart person, I would think. <laughs> I am sure you are if you found your way here. As I said, I am the ruler of Arato, the assigned governor of this world. And now many, many, many years ago, shortly before everything changed, there were signs that things were amiss. A colleague of mine began giving me warnings that something was not right within the Praetorian Empire. And while I dismissed them at first, that colleague of mine suddenly vanished. I began taking preparations to my own defenses. I was here because the abundance of cinder shard in these mountains were quite useful to my research. What do you know about Phlogisterite, Marco Astoria? Um... So, Nick, I'm probably going to need a little bit more help here. I mean, I know that it makes the ships go, but what more would Marco know? Well, it's not even that it makes the ships go. Um, you know that most Spelljammers don't, in fact, use Phlogisterite, but you know the ones from Crotspace did, uh, at least were augmented with it. But in general, you know that it is an inherently magical substance that contains and channels magic, and it's very rare and valuable. But beyond that, And beyond the fact that it seems to be able to be used as, like, magic power source or magic conduit, um, you're not 100% sure on what else it can do. Okay, so um, I would say it's like, well, I know a lot of our ships useful just right as a means of traveling through crot space. I know that it contains and channels magic and is a very powerful source to use magic in a variety of different ways. But beyond that... um, I'm not really sure. Yes, you're not wrong, but its properties are so much more than that. Even in my time, I was studying its applications. My specialty being necromancy, I was studying what I can do using Cinder Shard to augment my abilities. The statues that you so disappointingly easily dispatched she just she gestures into the room <laughs> prior were made using this method as you see normally the spiritual entity you fought an edelon is not one that is normally controlled by a mere necromancer it's usually a holy entity appointed by a god or other powerful being to guard a sacred location but using Cinder Shard, I was able to create a similar effect, both in augmenting the statues and binding the spirit. 
So, I myself am a conjuration wizard, so you're saying that I could use Phlogisterite to enhance and augment my own magical abilities? Perhaps. Imbuing an item with Phlogisterite allows magic to flow through it and into it more easily. It is an incredible magical conduit. However, also, if applied correctly, it can amplify the magical effects that you run through it. And it can also do things like substitute for the need of certain material components in casting and rituals. My arcane focus happens to be phlogisterite. It makes a fantastic arcane focus. Yes. So even with what I'm doing now, I could do more with it? and Perhaps. Enhance it even further? I'm not an expert in conjuration, but the substance is powerful. I mean, and I do know that it is used for conjuration in the form of the transportation uh, that is common in my time. She gestures again to the chamber that you guys passed through. Marco is furiously jotting down notes now. <laughs> <laughs> As he's like, all right, what to do later once I'm not sitting next to a lich? Um, try to use Cinder Shard as a means of enhancing my powers. Yeah. Um. All of the nodes in the transport nexus in that chamber use Cinder Shard to pair themselves with other platforms. Um, I'm sorry, this, this is all fascinating, as you can see. I'm already planning my next big research, but um, this still doesn't answer the full question of why the necromantic storm and why persistent. I mean, you, you have to have known that society has, has moved forward past Kratoria. Uh, people are up there. They're, yes. They exist. That is true. But I fear the disturbance that I was warned of all those years ago is eventually what led to its fall. I can't know that for sure. Because at the time, there was another problem that arose. Problem? We received word of a mind flare colony that had embedded itself on this world. I sent individuals to look into the matter. And at this point, you realize Cyrus has been very silent this whole conversation. Yeah, I was literally just about to say, hey, yeah. Cyrus, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And she says, I sent individuals to investigate this and it went poorly. Not only did the elithids of that colony attack, but others came from elsewhere and they laid siege to the planet's surface. I activated the storm as a defense against them. So, if I'm understanding correctly, then, it's now been millennia since Kratoria and also even this Illithid colony could exist. Would they really, if you ceased it, would the Illithid just come sprinting back here? Is there something so important on this place? I mean... I have no way of knowing that. And I was not a lich at that time. After activating the storm and seeing that it did indeed serve as a defense... And it worked. I bided my time and used it to finish the ritual to ascend to this form. However, something happened. Well, I have that work for you. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> uh, Marco would actually just say, um, "What happened? Are you are you stuck here?" One of the features of this storm is that any that die in it reanimate, but more importantly, their souls get transported to my reliquary. And you, knowing how liches function, know that a constant stream of souls to a lich's reliquary is what keeps them alive and sentient. 
Oh man, that is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Says Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> the problem that occurred was that there were no more souls in the storm for a very, very long time. And it was only within the last few years that I started to regain my awareness of myself. People came back, and where there are people, there is death. And as they died in the confines of my storm, I regain my energy and power. I just keep on asking you questions, and I mean, I should probably let you ask some, but now um, this one spawns a new one. Has, are you? What are you protecting then? What are you still here for? I mean, at this point, wouldn't it just be as good to go on to the next plane of existence to join the gods? Of course not. I have so much more to learn and so much more to create. Why would I abandon that now? Yes, 10,000 years delay is an inconvenience, but why waste all of my life's work before that by simply giving up now? Marco's thinking, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wow, if I become a lich, I could probably spend a couple thousand. (laughs) Uh, She says, I remain here because I am not convinced that the threat that left me without fuel for my reliquary for so long is not gone. And any attempts that I have made to send any of my thralls out to scout and report back have until recently reported nothing. Something eradicated the entire Praetorian Empire in seemingly an instant. Um. I can safely tell you as a Kratorian scholar that we still do not have the answer for that and what this disturbance was. All we know is that they disappeared. Yes. That is part of what I am trying to figure out as well. Because if I can assess what it was that took out the Kratorian Empire, I can assess if it is safe for me to progress from my seclusion here. Um, Marco perks up now and is like, well, if that's the case... um." Our goals are in alignment, because I also want to figure out what happened to Kratoria. And, on top of that, I can leave this place while you are stuck here siphoning souls. Splendid. So, why don't we make an agreement? I think that is quite agreeable. So, I need some things to go on, because this problem has been persistent through Kratorian scholars before I was even alive. So, what evidence do you have of the disturbance? What... Can Is there anything that could even point in a direction that we can go in? Yes. A colleague of mine. Actuary Galanis Prolego. I'm going to write that one down real quick. <laughs> Actuary. Actuary, which you guess is a, a title or honorific of some point. Yeah, I figured. Galanis. Galanis. Which is a female gallon. <laughs> <laughs> Prolego. Prolego. Which is a pasta sauce. <laughs> So you're looking for a accountant who is also a gallon of pasta sauce. A gallon of feminine pasta sauce. Correct, yes. So, she says, a colleague of mine named Actuary Gallinus Prolego is a statistician of sorts, um, one of the cosmic level. Shit. He reached out to me and said that he was noticing very disturbing patterns in the behavior of the Cretorian elite and leadership. Mm. I 
dismissed him as being paranoid, as he often was, speaking of probabilities and actualities and such things, theoretical nonsense that was of no use to me in my studies. However, I couldn't help but to notice that some of what he was pointing out was very strange, and unfortunately I was unable to learn more from him before he suddenly vanished. So if I'm able to find any information on Actuary Prolego, I could potentially find where this is going, what, what this was. Correct. He was a resident actuary at the Lyceum Arcanus. All right. Um, what I know what that is, can I make a check or? I guess you can make a history check because you've, you've recovered some Praetorian notes and stuff. Yeah, so. Okay. That is a dirty 20. Okay. You have, in fact, heard of it. From your knowledge, when you first, like, stumbled across it, it's referred to as, like, a city. Like, in the same sense that, like, a city or location or, like, even a capital city, um, in fact, is referenced a lot as the capital city of the planet Eldilfos. Um, or the Elder Sister is what it's called um, in modern times. Oh, what was it again? Elder Sister? The Elder Sister is the modern name for it, but Adilphos is the Cretorian name. There's Adilphos and Amilphos, but we're going to Adilphos. <laughs> God damn it, Saker. <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeehaw. <laughs> but what's strange is, is that you know what the word lyceum means. It's, you know, a library or academy of, of some sort. And in your research, you did, in fact, discover that this city is effectively one gigantic university slash library slash like arcane laboratory. Why in God's name did I not get there sooner? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so you said like Ly Ly Lysithium Aconis. The, um, the Lyceum. Lyceum. Lyceum Aconis. On Adilphos. On a dildo. Sacred. I got it. That name. I'm sorry. You have to call it. Sorry, something. guys. You have to call I, it something I, else now. I gotta change. You it. know what? I knew. I knew it was happening, but I kept it, and I'm sticking to that decision. You will uh, laugh every time. That is okay. <laughs> and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna call it the elder sister. Be like, oh yeah, the elder sister. But the name is El Dilfos. <laughs> Get it right, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Show so. Adilphos and Amilphos some respect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but either way, um, so he was at the Lysithium Arcanus on Adilphos, says Argo. That is correct. I highly doubt he is still alive all of these years later, as it is, as my circumstances are unique, to say the least. But if you can go there and perhaps look into maybe what he was looking into, find if there is any surviving records or anything um, that might point you into what it was that destroyed the Cretorian Empire and report that back to me, that would be very useful. Is um, there any way that we can contact aside from returning back here? Just curious. If not, happy to make the trip. Um, well, I can receive any sending or similar spells if you have access to that. Beyond that, visiting here would be your best bet. I, d I do have a sending spell, so hell yeah. <laughs> I, I would note that, should you wish to return, there is an adjoining portal oh. from this sanctum 
to the city of Sethyros on the other side of this moon, where my Archon's seat of power resided. Okay, making a note of that, because that'll be an easier fast travel. Um, if that's the case, then uh, Ar- um, Archon Nasticia, thank you so much for your time, and we will get to the bottom of what happened to Kratoria all those years ago. Always happy to have visitors. It's been so long since I've had my last one. Probably three years or so. So, um, I have another question then. Why have you been killing anyone who even comes close to coming in here? One can't be judged for the defenses to protect themselves. And, uh, was there anybody in particular who was here three years ago? Yes. My memory of the encounter isn't as intact as I was only newly regaining my self-awareness at the time. Hmm. A captain of some sort. I can't remember his name. I say flatly. Was his name Adam? That does sound correct. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Marco does say that. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. He sought me out seeking knowledge of a ship, one I had never heard of. The Void Fairer, I believe. I'm sorry, could you? He was seeking knowledge about the Void Fairer. Yes. He wanted to know where such a craft was first created. So he wanted to. Kn- I, I actually now I'm I actually gonna like look back at um, Luckbeak and Ravnus on that one. It's being like, you see a look at his face. They're like, what the fuck? Uh, Luckbeak is reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't understand the language. <laughs> you have a. You you see that uh, uh, Marco then has a flat like really expression. Like, Marco Marco, you notice the book is actually upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I take the book, I flip it right side up. Oh man! Oh, it still doesn't make any sense. Luckbeak. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> um. That is quite fascinating because um, our ship is the Voidfarer, and Adam Rain was the former captain. Fate has a funny way of bringing people together then, it seems. You know, I never really believed a lot in fate before, but at this point now, I guess I'm going to have to start uh, quantifying that. (laughs) Marco just got scratching his head, be like, Many scholars had made quite an interesting career in doing just that. <laughs> Not my area of expertise, <laughs> by any means, however. Indeed, well, um... The encounter was a strange one. He didn't seem to really know what he was looking for, but I assumed it was just at the behest of his master. Ask? You know, we're, there's a whole can of worms there. Um. <sighs> oh, you didn't know about... I mean, I'm afraid I don't know a whole lot about it myself, but I, of course, can recognize the signs of an Eldritch Pact when I see one. He was a warlock? Yes. It imbued him with the powers to do the things that he did. He fought the statues that you all together defeated. He defeated himself. A strong one. I was not expecting that out of Adam. Well, he's edgy and strong as hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Marco, that tracks because you know that the uh, the the beast that he killed for the miners was yeah. a pretty beefy boy. Dang. Well, <laughs> I think in Marco's head, he just assumed um, Adam Rain was like a swashbuckler, like a fighter type, and just you know. 
used his bare hands to snap its neck so yeah I mean, that's what he looks like. The statue of him, like, he looks like a swashbuckler fighter. Although, interestingly, the statue didn't have a sword on him. Hmm. Yeah, not like, you mm-hmm. know, after, like, you say it, like, it starts tracing back and you are being like, oh, this is starting to make an insanely good amount of sense. Yeah. Nasticia will add, now I can't speak to the nature of his patron, as it were. I just thought it was interesting that one on a mission for a higher power would seek me. Well, yeah, at this point, I even think in my head, like, at this point, you are kind of a higher power, but, uh... <laughs> yes, I didn't have any answers for him about his ship, but I did send him on his way to Nafpigos, the shipyard, see if he could find any answers there. Do I know which one Nafpigos is? You've seen the word before. It was one of the words on the transport deuses in the other room, although that deus was uh, no longer functioning. Hmm. It looked like it was one of the crumbled ones. Figures. She says, several of my colleagues were working there in seeing how they could use Cindershard in the creation of new spell jamming vessels. I provided them access to the Cindershard here in this mountain um, in exchange for other surfaces. Whew. This is a lot. Um, wasn't expecting this much, but... Um... Ravnus... At that point, the Velociraptor skeleton begins, like, sniffing up to you kind of like a dog. <laughs> um, she is going to stare at it. I feel like Ravnus hasn't been around pets much, or at least not <laughs> skeletal pets. <laughs> um, but I think, she, I, I think she's going to sort of, like, gently nudge it away with her foot because um, she doesn't want this thing, like, right up on her. Not like kick it, but just like a gentle like back. Yeah. When you like nudge it, it kind of like hops backwards a little bit and like lowers its front with its like tail up in the air. And you think for a second it's going to pounce, but then the, its butt kind of wiggles back and forth a little bit, <laughs> almost like a dog that wants to play. Um, <laughs> and then it like straightens back up a little bit and kind of cocks its head at you. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, the lich will say, oh, don't don't mind him. Yeah, if you ignore him, he'll eventually leave you alone. All right, and she ignores it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, there is a lot to be uh, unpacked here. Um, Arcanastasia, it's been a pleasure. If, if there's anything else you can think of, um, and we'd love to hear it, but if not, then I think it's time for us to get to um, Lysithia Macanus, and also to Nafpaigos as well. Very well. And again, anything that you can find at the Lyceum, if you let me know, it would be of great use to me. Of course. And um, considering that you are here alone with only you and your companion, I'll try to be sure to uh, send a few messages your way. If anything, just to give you something to talk to. (laughs) I would appreciate that. She says with, like, a smile, and as she smiles, like, that particular part of her cheek, like, decays away a little bit, leaving, like, kind of this sinister look, and then, like, reforms into this, like, kind of eerie smile. (laughs) Marco's just, well, to new friends, he says, with uh, extending his hand. She will extend her hand out in front of her, like, daintily and take yours. Uh, Marco will go ahead and kiss it, just to be gentlemanly. That's going to be so gross. <laughs> not to be... Yeah, you come back not with to be a, scared yeah, away be by a chunk of flesh in your mouth. 
Mm. Lick the lick. <laughs> Might have a bacterial <laughs> infection I need to cure, but you know. <laughs> a pleasure. Come on, my friends, I say to the others as I'm like, they, like I was like, Luckbeak, are you, yeah. Luckbeak, do you know what that even says? I don't know. It's got kind of cool pictures in it, though. I'm more, you know, I'm just, I'm just enjoying the vibe. Hey, they asked Nick, but do you know what the book is? This random book. <laughs> it looks like it is a a Cratorian cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> look, Beak, that's a cookbook. Yeah. All right. Well, don't it look good? Uh, as you get a closer look, Marco, um, it's not. It it seems to be the kind of cookbook that Ravnus and her old crew would enjoy. Yum. Oh. <laughs> This says to serve man on it. That seems good, right? I'll tell you what, um, looking it over, we'll try to see if we can make Ravna something delicious on the trip back. <laughs> uh oh, all right. Well, can I have this? Uh, the, 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 the literal look at you and go, No, oh. I was reading that. All right. The <laughs> recipes of, of course, there. completely useless to me, but I enjoy the little blurbs at the beginning of each one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fine. All right. I put it back. Turns out it's like Full Metal Alchemist where like the secret to like the universe is like written in the pages. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marco, I will mention that you did notice one other detail on your way out that you didn't notice on the way in. So as I mentioned, there were like the four main, main wings of this like set of chambers. Uh, you entered through one that was like mostly rubble and looks like old supplies that Lich no longer needs um, that have like dusted over and, and everything. The wing to your right when you were coming in seemed to be the whatever magical mechanism is generating the storm. The okay. one across the way in the back was the sitting room and library where you had a conversation with the Lich. But the one on the other side seemed to have been another one of these transport platforms, like the ones in the, the room prior, um, off on its own. May I go and investigate it real quick? It's while you guys are like all funneling out and the lich is now coming out of the back room back into the center chamber and is standing like basically right there. You wouldn't be able to look at it without being noticed. Okay, if that's the case, like, I mean, I've gotten pretty friendly with this lich, so at this point I had nothing else to lose. He turns around and says, like, Nastasia, if I may ask, um, what's, what's with this room? If it's all the same to you, I believe I will keep that information to myself. Marco kind of just like, oh, well, something's interesting, but that's also a lich, so. <laughs> later. Even Marco has his limits. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's weird, but you're a lich. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, I think uh, Marco would still have respect for Nastasia as well as a person to uh, be like, okay, I'll I'll back off for now. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I just got to warm, I, I just got to, you know, warm myself up to you. You know, we just got to become friends. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll head on out after I see that. Yep. You guys head on out. Um... Ravnus uh, on the way out is going to wave to the little skeletal dog because I think it's cute. So maybe Ravnus <laughs> does too. <laughs> yeah, you've, war you've warmed up too. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to cock its head at you and then like chase its tail for like two little rotations. Oh, and I love then, it. Then like flop on its back. <laughs> it's my new favorite character on the show. <laughs> do a uh, do one of your Friday uh, Friday things on this on this thing. <laughs> 
the oh, skeletal yeah. velociraptor. <laughs> you should have. I can cast animal friendship on it. We can keep it. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that that'll be fine. No one will have a problem with that. Wait, Luckbeak, I, I, I'm pretty sure you don't know what animal friendship does because everything you try to cast it on does not work. It's going to work one of these days. <laughs> it's like everything that is not actually an animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Skylos the skeletal velociraptor. Oh, Cute. <laughs> love baby. Hey there, Nick Yurisiva here. Your dungeon master and guy who just wants to pet your dog. Listen, the doggos deserve those gentle pats. Be sure to give us a follow on social media if you haven't already, at VoidFairerPod on Twitter and at VoidFairerPodcast on Facebook. And if you really want those sweet, sweet brownie points, you'll leave a review on iTunes. We love hearing your feedback, and those reviews help other esteemed nerds like yourself find the show. Speaking of other esteemed nerds, come hang out with us at the Project Derailed Community Discord. It's a great place to hang out and chat with us and the cast of the other great Project Derailed podcasts like Fables Around the Table, Big Streaming Pile, and Taverns, Travel, and Tests. We sometimes even play games, do listen parties, and streams. Join in on the fun by going to bit.ly slash derailed hyphen discord. Want us on your body? Wait, no. I'm talking about merch. There is some great Tales of the Voidfarer shirt designs available at the Project Derailed Redbubble store, including a brand new one with art by our good friend Chelsea Rexinger. Check it out at bit.ly slash derailed shop. Fables Around the Table Lost is in full swing, playing a beta version of Babes in the Woods 2nd Edition, which was just successfully backed on Kickstarter. GM'd by our very own Fiona L.F. Kelly, the story follows 8-year-old Posey and her 13-year-old babysitter Odell after they get lost in the woods while trick-or-treating and transported to a mystical realm and meet a talking possum named Reggie, played by yours truly. Can they find their way home before the fiend finds them? Listen to Fables Around the Table Lost to find out. Also check out Taverns, Travel, and Tests, a D&D 5e podcast inspired by meme culture and the Food Network, DM'd by our good buddy Cliff. It's like a rib burn-off in a fantasy world. Special thanks to Tom Goldthwaite for writing our theme song, and shout out to the band Highland Rose for the kick-ass rock version of that theme we've been jamming to this chapter. The Celtic song we'll be using again later this episode is Beyond the Warriors by Gooey Frog and is from freemusicarchive.org used under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution license. Additional music by purple-planet.com. It's time to talk about FedEx Office. If you're just starting a business or have been running your company for generations, FedEx Office gives you the best way to print marketing materials, posters, signage, a carefully photoshopped pamphlet of the code legal of Waterdeep, or whatever. With FedEx creating, editing, saving, and ordering print materials for your next D&D campaign or business is fast and easy. We are teaming up with FedEx and Podgo to bring our listeners 30% off your next order of $100 or more at podgo.co slash FedEx. That's podgo.co slash FedEx for 30% off your next order. FedEx, the world on time. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer will land in two weeks on Tuesday, March 2nd. Catch you then.
was something weird about her, right? Um, in what way do you mean? Like the flesh thing and the... <laughs> oh. Yeah, she's a lich. Whoa, what? A lich, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I was totally tuning out. You guys were talking about... Uh, there was all these names of planets and stuff, and I just... Whoa, that was a lich? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was a lich. I asked a lich for her cookbook. Yeah, I was surprised. You in fact did. And uh, luckily it wasn't the one that dines on souls, but you know. Well, she could have killed Marco. That was scary. <laughs> Look, listen, do you realize how much we've just learned? I mean, there's so much knowledge and information here. As a matter of fact, she was a lovely lich. I think I guess that's <laughs> terrifying. All right. I mean that is Jeez. fair. She could have killed us with a finger poke, but you know. Yeah. Well, we stuck around there for a real long time. God. We learned so much though about logisterite, about potentially what happened to the Kratorian Empire, the oh, problems no. that could be. No, you're you're making me lose focus again. My eyes are crossing. All right. Listen, listen though. I did hear something about about Adam, right? How he yeah. was looking for the source of the Void Fair, where it came from? Yeah, where it was created. And well, so, now, I was I was always under the impression that it was sort of his ship, like he must have built it or, or, or commissioned it or something. But what does that mean? He probably found it then, yeah. Yeah, one one would think. Brohane. Yes. Is there anything special about the Void Fair that sets it apart from other ships? Well, it is. Um... It, it did have the inlay of Cindershard in it, as you know. That's why we needed Cindershard to make the repairs not long ago. And Adam speculated that uh, its origins were Krat space, though I'm not entirely sure how he knew that. Were you on the crew a couple of years back, about three years back? Yes, I've I served under Adam. I've been on the crew for like ten years. Do you remember going to Nofagos or a giant shipyard? No, the crop space wasn't accessible back then, which means that the Voidfarer is very, very, very old, way older than it looks. Something we've known for a while, but don't usually tell the rest of the crew, so they're superstitious. Don't want them thinking that the ship's cursed or something. So I think the ship's exceptionally important. So is it cursed then? No, it's not cursed. <laughs> Marco just kind of looks at Very Rocco's old up. and has mysterious origins, but nah, not cursed. Yeah, that sounds cursed. That'd be ridiculous. Mm, you're, you're the one who brought up a curse. Does anyone else remember the fever dream about the spell jammer with the manta ray and all of us being <laughs> teleported? <laughs> anyone else remember that, or is that just me? Um, but either way, so do you remember any of this? Brohane of, of Adam trying to find the origins of the Voidfarer or He was obsessed with the Voidfarer and and where it came from. Um and his uh I guess behavior did start getting a little bit more strange before he decided to head off on his own in search for answers. But um in the end he ended up keeping most of his ideas and theories to himself. Ooh. Probably right. for fear of just sounding crazy. Who was his patron? I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Ha! Beat you to it. <laughs> I don't know. I did not know he made any sort of Eldritch pact or whatever it was that she said. I was completely unaware of that. In my mind, I'm just like, you're telling me that this warlock never once cast Eldritch Blast in front of you. I call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot that needs to be discussed here. I mean. 
we need to get back to Val. There's a lot of information here, not just for Val, but for all of society. I agree. Regardless, are, are we... When are we heading? Are we heading back today? Are we heading back tomorrow? We're set to leave tomorrow. If it takes us as long to get out as it did to get down here, we'll be getting back up to the surface in the evening. And the storm rig is set to leave uh, near midday tomorrow. Hmm. All right. So, huh, I don't know if I want to sleep tonight. I could probably sleep on the storm rig, though. Either way, I don't think there's much more down here that we need to find for the time being. I'm not going to okay. sleep in the super comfortable beds. And instead, <laughs> we'll sleep... In the fucking rattling. <laughs> I have too much going through my mind right now. Who needs a bed? Uh, I love Marco. <laughs> <laughs> you guys head on out through the transport nexus room. You get the impression, Marco, that the ones that are intact seem to still be functioning, but it sounds like they would need to be like activated from the other end. So none of these are really useful to you right now. Um, but then you pass back through this chamber back into the first one and you see Gadmund kind of standing there nervously and he goes, oh, you made it. Uh, well, um, if I said that, I uh, I didn't think that you had died and I was just about getting ready to give up on you and head back on my own, I'd be lying. Um, Marco's <laughs> just going to say confidently, being like, oh, Gadmund, don't worry about it. I mean, there's not really a whole lot back there, actually. It's kind of boring. Oh, well, that's a relief. Yeah, so, you know. I don't think there's much need to come down here anymore. I mean, it sounded like there was a bloody great fight that just happened on the other side of the door there, but uh, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> he says, like, yeah, that's the thing. Big fight, no reward. So, mm. ah, I see. Well, then it's probably best that we don't tell anybody uh, from the mine about it. Continue yeah. on that course of action. Almost got punched in the face by a giant stone statue. Not fun. Well, that doesn't sound fun at all. So... Oh, are we ready to head up to the, uh, back to the surface then? Yeah, um, think so. Anybody else want to do anything while you're down here? Nah, I don't think so. Nope. Onwards and upwards then. Did you guys hang on to any of the bits of cinder shard that came out of the statues in the statue room? I think I probably would have just out of pure habit. Uh, I say yes. I, <laughs> I pulled an eyeball out, right? Was that yeah, cinder shard? Yes, yes. Okay, then yeah, I kept that. So you, you can just write down like cinder shard eyeball, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and there's uh, like each of the statues you fought has two of those. And yeah, Marco would have taken one just to study it, so. Got it. Then, oh, it's cinder shard. Well, hey Val, here's an extra like X amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> so. Or gas, you know. All right, so you guys pick up anything you wanted to pick up, and then you guys head on out. And you travel for another couple hours, back the same path that you traveled coming down here, passing through the natural cavern and then back into the cut dwarven mining tunnels. And you see that the, the mines seem a little less busy now, as it seems to be getting towards the end of at least this shift. And then you get back to the bottom of the lift, and Gadmin will step on board and place his hand on the lever waiting for everybody to get on and he'll pull the lever and you'll start ascending again. Alright. As you guys get to the top and Gadman will say alright then, uh, well it was happy being your guide glad that's the last time I ever need to go down there and uh since uh, I'm riding out to hit her with my men with you guys tomorrow, I guess I'll see you then. I'll see you then. Alright. And he'll wave and head off. 
you guys all head back to your accommodations. It is like later in the evening. Not that you can really tell inside this giant cavern of a city with the artificial orbs that illuminate the whole place. But you know just from the amount of time that has passed, it's in the evening. So uh, was there anything in particular you guys wanted to do or do you just want to head back and regroup with Rolla? Uh, I think that Ravnus just wants to head back because she is real low on HP and probably not feeling super well. So <laughs> Yeah. Marco wants to go right and stuff, so he'll just lock himself in his room. Yeah, probably same. Alrighty then. Yeah, you guys all just head back up to the clan lodge, and the guards let you in, recognizing Brohane. And uh, <laughs> they still flinch at the sight of like Brohane just like riding on the back of Ira into the estate <laughs> and back up to the suite. So as you get to the top of the stairs, you hear that there is a couple of voices coming from the like central like sitting area, like where the table is that you guys ate breakfast at and, and all of that stuff um, as you approach. And you hear like uh, Brawla's uh, laugh and you hear a male voice you don't immediately recognize. I think we should probably be prepared to see something we might not want to see. Yeah. All right. Brawla went out for some entertainment last night. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I I go see who it is. Steal myself and let's go. <laughs> all right so you get you get to the top of the landing and it just kind of opens up into this space and uh you hear brawla say well rasmus that was a great time and unexpected but you know if yeah we're gonna wait here anyway we might as well keep ourselves busy and you see that uh <laughs> brawla is sitting there in a bathrobe and really not nothing else and she has her feet up on the end of the table and you see brohane's uncle Lord Rasmus Moonhammer uh, that appears to be getting his armor back on. And as they're like sitting there kind of picking at food um, among a bunch uh. of empty dishes. <laughs> 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 and uh, and he turns and sees you and he kind of starts slightly and, and hastens getting himself all buttoned up, basically. And Brawla doesn't even flinch. And she goes, oh, and here they are. After all day, just leaving the place to ourselves. Uh, we put it to some use, right? Uh, and she looking at Lord Rasmus and he goes, we had a conversation. Yes. That's what they call it nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brohane, like, you know, is there as well. And he sees Lord Rasmus and he goes, Uncle Rasmus, I heard you are here. And Rasmus will say, ah, Brohane. Yes. Was hoping to have a conversation. Came by and uh, Rala here said that you were indisposed, so I figured I would wait until you got here. Mm -hmm. And Brawla says, yes, we did a lot of waiting. <laughs> we did it, you fucked. <laughs> Brohane kind of just shakes his head and goes, alright then. Um, then let's have this conversation. And he'll take a seat at the table. Rasmus will sit down as well and uh, he'll gesture and like, your companions are more than welcome to stay if they like. Ravnus yep. sort of looks like she wants to die because she like walked <laughs> into a really weird situation and it's like only getting more intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's going to kind of look at Marco and look to see what they're going to do. Um, I mean, um, um, Brala in that moment was, will go, oh, fuck, if you're going to talk politics, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, and Brala will leave. <laughs> 
think Marco has the same response of Ravnus of like, well, I'll be here for Brohane. So like I go and sit next to Brohane because I know he's got to be feeling a lot right now and just be his like bro. Uh, I am going to say, uh, well, I, I don't want to stay, but this is the room where the food is. So I am going to get breakfast. <laughs> breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah for Rav- dinner, I mean. So Ravenous is going to uh, join in that and just not be directly in the center of uh, this discussion. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you guys sit down and start eating. Uh, you see that there's a lot of food still there from the morning. Like Brawla didn't let them take it <laughs> if there was still food on the plate. Uh, so there's like cold, kind of stale French toast and stuff. But then there's like plates of fresher food. <laughs> so you definitely have your pick of, of anything you want, really. <laughs> it looks like Brawla was working her way through the whole menu. <laughs> <laughs> But Brohane will look at his uncle across the table and go, well, and Rasmus will go, all right. So I know that you're not particularly fond of the Moonhammers after everything that happened. I understand that. I sympathize with that. Not a day goes by that I don't miss my sister, but I'm trying to do a good thing here. And I think you can help me with that. The king has been acting erratically making strange decisions that don't make any damn sense. Hurting the lowest of the low within the clan. Dorar's getting laid off. Mining for this priceless substance. And then we're not selling it and making any money so that we can pay the men that worked hard to get it. I don't know why this is happening, but I've been rallying support to create a political movement that can pressure the king into doing what's right for his people. I'm not talking about anything drastic, but I think we need to show that this sort of erratic and nonsensical behavior will not stand. Until recently, we had a pretty good chance of succeeding in that goal. The king's heir, my cousin, Prince Halvor, was an ally in this goal. However, suddenly and without explanation, The prince has completely turned and is now fully in support of his father and his actions in full lockstep with the king. So we're back to square one, finding the lesser lords that are willing to join together for this cause. And outside help will be appreciated. The Windhelm clan can help us in this. This could be a way for us, us good men, he says intently to Brohain, to make sure that the leaders of our clans do what's right. And Brohane just kind of nods. He goes, I can sympathize with that plan, but the Moonhammers are rotten to the core. They've been doing backhanded and greedy and deplorable things for as long as I have known. Rasmus will say, surely you don't think your mother is like that. And Brohane will nod and go, no, she wasn't. She was different. But still, the rest of the clan, this isn't anything new. Rasmus will say, I, perhaps you're right, but what's happening now is different. This isn't just selfish, greedy decisions that are hurting the low folk. These are completely nonsensical decisions. Abandoning established business practices out of nowhere, suddenly up and moving our citadels to the random corners of space for no apparent reason, 
suddenly halting long-standing expeditions and campaigns on a whim. There's no logic to it, and it's hurting everyone. Brohane will nod and says, I, I think your heart's in the right place. I believe you, and I'll think about it. But you're asking me to overlook a lot of deep wounds here, uncle. And he'll nod and he'll say, well, then I guess that's the most I can ask for. Um, I think now, like, even after hearing Brohane, Marco is just going to remain silent and wait for, um, wait for him to leave. Yep, he'll nod and say, all right, then bid you all farewell and have safe journey back. Thank you. And he will see himself out, leaving Brohane and the three of you sitting at the table. Um, Brohane reaches across for a tanker, looks at it, and it's empty, grabs another one. That one's also empty. And then eventually finds one that does have ale in it and throws it back. <laughs> <laughs> would I was first going to ask, how are you doing? But now I'm going to ask, would you like me to go get more ale? Uh, it, more ale is always appreciated. And honestly, I'm doing better than I thought I would be. But that is strange, I think. Well, before I take off to the reception desk, um... What does he even ask? Does he want you to leave the Voidfarer and come and try to, I don't know, I guess, force the force the king to sign some strange treaty that says he won't do anything? He wants, he wants to broker an alliance between his faction of the Moonhammerers and my clan. And he thinks that if he can win me over to his cause, I can go back and, I guess, broker that arrangement. But I'm not on good terms with the rest of my family either. I don't hate them like I hate the Moonhammers, but we're not, not on speaking terms, not after what they let the Moonhammers get away with. Then, um, why would he come to you at all? You seem to be, no no offense to you at all, but you do not seem to be very high on the totem pole, if that's the case. Convenience, probably. He didn't know I was going to be here, but he probably saw an opportunity and thought he would try his best to seize it. If what he said is true and he had Prince Halver on his side until very recently, losing that kind of support would make anyone desperate. Having the heir to the king on your side, is that's a big boon if you're trying to convince the king to do something. What I don't understand is why the prince would agree to support in this movement and then suddenly change opinions. Without explanation. It's as erratic as everything else that the king is doing. Yes, it all sounds quite odd. Um, like something is, is affecting them or something. But uh, hmm. I'm going to go get a Samael and uh, I'll let you think it over. And then we'll have a couple of drinks to God only knows what's happening in this world. Sure. Yeah, he, he seems kind of like lost in thought and he strokes his beard. But he'll let you go do that. Yeah, Marco's going to take off. Luckbeaker Ravenous, are you just kind of like eating and absorbing the conversation? <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesse Pinkman having dinner at Walter's house. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ravenous will uh, pass him an ale that was by them that I'm going to magic into the world and uh, pass yeah. him that too for the weight. Sure. Yeah. It's a little stale, but he drinks it regardless. Nice. Hey bud, uh you know that uh that sounds real real rough. Um but you know we always we always got your back. Uh if if you need anything, that sounds real you know, facile, but but it's true. I appreciate that, Lockbeak. Um Yeah, it's definitely complicated, um, but I guess it's uh not terribly surprising knowing where I was heading here. Mm. But uh 
regardless, uh, not as bad as it could have been. The Moonhammers could have been uh, out for my head upon arrival, but mm. that was always an unlikely uh, possibility, but a possibility nonetheless. So I think all things considered, not too terribly bad. Yeah, well, that's good. You're not like saying that now and then you're going to punch some drywall wall later. This is just, no. this is, you're really okay? I'm, I'm good. I'm more confused. I'm more trying to figure out what's going on. Okay. I think you and me and all of us, bud. It's just everything happened at once. There's the mystery with Adam Rain, everything that's going on with the Moonhammers. You know, we had a conversation with a lich today. Yeah. Yeah. And Marco, you get back with the, a picture of oh, Ale. Yeah. There was one ready as soon as you got down there and you get the impression that <laughs> they just started doing that. After a few hours of Brawla just being here for the day. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you come back and, and Brohane is saying, it could be nothing. Wasn't Lich saying something about old Kratorians acting strange out of nowhere? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mentioned before that the Kratorian elite started to act uh, erratic. And then we come up here and... My uncle is here telling me about how the king and the Moonhammer elite are acting erratic. After Marco thinks about that for a second, Marco pours two mugs, sets them aside for himself, and then pours one for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then pours one for uh, Brohane. He'll he'll kind of like take it absentmindedly, but still like kind of stroking his beard in thought. As I'm sitting there now with like two ales in my hand, double fisting, being like, well. That's either coincidental or somewhat unsettling, especially after the conversation about fate. Mm. Aye, you can say that. And he uh, takes a long draw, uh, a long draw on his on his tanker to veil. Rohane, do you know if we had any other jobs lined up after we got back from this one? I don't. Um, actually, uh, I knew Val was going to take care of a couple uh, loose end tasks. Nothing too strenuous while we were here doing this but um i'm sure she'll have something lined up for us by the time we get back i think that she could be convinced to prioritize this since it involves a her father b her father's whereabouts and c potentially the world uh hitting the instant reset button I, as i, I drink two gals again <laughs> yeah i think we can definitely talk to her about it but if if i'm not mistaken the the place we have to go to find out more about Adam is not the same place we have to go to to find out about this Kratorian issue. No, I mean, it's going to be multiple places, and maybe we can do jobs on the way, but uh, both of which seem exceptionally important right now. It's important yeah. <laughs> not only that, to also talk to your uh, wonderful family, if they're also having the same affliction of these elites. As for what's happening on the Moonhammer side of things, I'm, let, let me, let's just say it's not a priority to me right now. Marco is going to drink two more swigs of his ale. Rohane will just continue pondering over what happened, and he'll say, well, I guess uh, we'll have a decision to make when we go back and talk to Val then, huh? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I feel like once we say the name Adam Rain, there ain't going to be no decision that needs made, you know? I feel like the decision's going to be made. That's what we're doing next. I think you're right. If I know Val like, uh, like I think I do, I think you're right. But, uh... Is the other location more important? You mean between the Ly Lyceum Arcanus or Nafpegos? Aye. So what are you suggesting? You suggesting we don't mention Adam to Val? It's like, can we... Listen, Brohane, can we convince Val that one might be more important? And honestly, 
if things are where they're supposed to be, the one trip to the library is not going to take me too long. You do know that the library is further away. It's close. It's on the third planet away from the sun right now. It is. It is closer to the core than you've ever been yet. Listen, where her dad is could be very important, especially for the Voyfair, but that's personal attached to the ship as well as Val, but this other one could not only speak to what happened in the past, but if it's happening now, which, I mean, granted, is a far-fetched theory. We don't know that's what happened. All, for all we know, the Moonhammers just got a case of the bad food poison that led them to do erratic behavior. I don't know. Yeah, but what are you suggesting, Marco? Are you, are you suggesting we don't tell Val? I would rather try to convince Val personally. Both are important. I think it, it, she could be convinced, but it would be an uphill battle for sure. Well, if I mean Marco's just gonna kind of like start rubbing his head. Um, where's Nafagos? Do I know? I um, mean, do I have a general idea? You know that it is an asteroid that is near Pharos, which is the the torch bearer, the secondary sun. So it is closer to the core from where you're at now, but not nearly as far as Adelphos. You know, it's Nafegos is not the most far away entity on the entire galaxy. We could theoretically go there first, figure out what happened to Adam, and then go there, and I don't know if we'd lose that much time. I'm just... Uh, the thing with the Moonhammer started to worry me maybe a little too much. It could just be the fact that I want to go to a library and it has lots of interesting information. I mean, Marco, you do what you need to do. I mean, I mean, the the thing is that there there ain't gonna be no you say uphill battle. There ain't gonna be no convincing Val. I mean, so so I mean, I'm willing to go along with whatever cockamamie scheme y'all want to do. If you if y'all want to visit this library first, or you know what whatever planet we want to go to, you just let me know. But uh, I'm letting you know what her priority is. Marco looks kind of exasperated. Not not necessarily at you, Luckbeak, but he just kind of looks like, ah, fuck. <laughs> you know, just like, all right, he says, ah, we can cross that bridge when we get there, I, I suppose, but I don't want to lie to Val. I don't want to lie to Val either. But if we think one option is more important than the other, and we acknowledge that Val might have biases, we can just choose in which order we tell him that information. Uh, I mean, lying by omission is still lying. Marco is going to say, listen, we have, what, two, three days on a storm rig to talk this out some more. We're all tired. Ravnus looks half dead. Maybe we should get some sleep. Yeah, that sounds fine. That's a good idea. <laughs> Ravnus might just be sitting on the couch just like a bitch, like just, you know, casually <laughs> bleeding on it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Ravnus is just sitting there, like, slowly bleeding, but, like, <laughs> eating a chicken leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I like that. That's what she's saying. <laughs> that's, that's how you recover <laughs> HP. It's like Castlevania. You just have to... Or Final Fight. Uh-huh. It's like, uh -huh. yeah, Marco's just gonna read it. It's like, we got a lot of time on the Storm Rig, and it's time that we have to spend sitting in a small room together. Let's get some sleep, rest up, and then we'll come at this whenever we're fully refreshed and also yeah. not... Slightly inebriated as he throws one of the tankards behind him. <laughs> clang, 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 clang. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to head to bed, too. All righty. Everybody just heading to bed? Yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. We don't need to do it right now, but you guys do get to level up. All right. <gasps> yes. Exciting. Mm. Oh, boy. Looking a little bit stronger. Yep. 
<laughs> it's exciting. It's been a long <laughs> chapter, and I figured you guys earned the level up. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. The next morning arrives. Uh, Brawla orders just as the same huge breakfast as the day before, and you guys eat and start packing all of your stuff up, and you eventually head over to the Leadfoot pit stop where you meet Locke and the gnomes and a group of dwarves with like little knapsacks over their shoulders and they're all packed up and ready to go. They are your cargo for the trip out. They are the laid off dwarves from this mine that uh, Lord Rasmus has paid to (laughs) ride out of here with you guys. That rules. So. Yeah, so you guys all load up. Brawla says to herself, well, it was a good thing I wasn't able to get a cinder shard deal. There wouldn't have been room to transport the stuff with all these bodies around. <laughs> um, Marco will pull out, like, the cinder shard eye and just throw it at her and be like, go crazy. <laughs> oh, you're just giving it away. All right, no takesies, backsies. And she puts it in her pocket. <laughs> Marco says, remember me next time I need something from you. Marco, for a moment, what, the moment I met you, you were pulling out that, that little box. You, I told you to stop being so naive. Hell <laughs> yeah, callbacks. <laughs> F1 callbacks. <laughs> yeah, Brawl puts it in her pocket, and you guys all climb aboard. Lugnut hops down into the driver's seat and starts up the engine. And you, with all of your new companions and the gnomes in lock, roll out and head through the large stone bulwark entrance to this mining encampment, back out into the tunnel, and eventually reach the end where the storm is waiting for you once more. the evening of Halloween. Trick-or-treating is in full swing across the neighborhood. Pillowcases and buckets shaped to look like jack-o'-lanterns are filling with candy. In all the hustle and bustle, two children take a shortcut through the woods. However, no matter how long they walk, they never reach the expected break in the trees. The sun sets in the sky and the wind whistles through the red and yellow leaves. The children meet new friends, woodland creatures, scarecrows, and other strange denizens of the woods. Still, they must find their way home. The Fiend is coming. Fables Around the Table Lost premieres January 27th wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Cliff, and welcome to Taverns, Travel, and Tests. Join us every second and fourth Monday of each month as I join my friends Ben, Hazir, Chris, Magus Magron, and Dave, Serial, as we explore the wide world of Castia, seeking out the juiciest long-forgotten secrets, and share some hearty laughs in this D&D 5th edition real play podcast. It's like a rib burn-off, <laughs> but in a fantasy world. If there's something to be done for some coin, they've probably already handled it. I travel to entertain and to... You other <laughs> For more information about taverns, travel, and tests, and all of the other great shows on the Project Derailed Network, visit projectderailed.com and look for us wherever you check out your favorite podcasts. Projectderailed.com